Well, 1 Corinthians 15, when you find it, stand with me. We're going to read the first three verses. Moreover, brethren, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye received, ye have received, and wherein ye stand. Amen? That's, that's good. Uh, this is the Corinthians. Uh, they heard the gospel, they received the gospel, and now they're standing on the gospel. Amen? That's a good testimony uh, for all of us to have that you uh, received or you heard the gospel, you received the gospel, and now you stand on the gospel. And there's a big difference between uh, standing and not standing. Uh, Some of us are like the wind. Wherever it blows, that's where we go. Uh, And if you don't stand on something, you don't stand on anything. And it's good to be able to stand. I stand on the gospel. By which also you are saved... If you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. Verse 3, for I have delivered unto you first, the first, this is what we're going to talk today about, of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Let's keep reading. And that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures that he was seen of Cephas and of the twelve. After that, he was seen of of above 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. That means they passed away. After that, he was seen of James and of of all the apostles. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you in this hour asking for help and enlightenment of your word. I pray, God, that the words of God now would enter into our hearts. Lord, all will be vain if we are not people, Lord, that are uh, serving you with our heart. It's all vain, Lord, if we just live on the outward appearance, serve on the outward appearance. But if it's not of the heart, Lord, Father, it's all for nothing. For God doesn't look on the outward appearance as man sees, but he looks on the heart. I pray, O God, that you would deal with our hearts, gather us together, strengthen our hearts, Lord, and um, draw us, draw our hearts closer to you, Lord, through your love and mercy, forgiveness and goodness, I pray that you'll draw us closer to you. Bless us, I pray now, in the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. You may be seated. I declare unto you the gospel. For I have delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. It's important to have the Scriptures. It's important to believe in the Scriptures. The devil, that's the first trick the devil put out there with Eve is, yea, hath God said. He tried to deceive Eve by twisting what God had said, Uh, tried to doubt what God had said. But the words of God are pure preserved, perfect, and powerful, amen? And no one can change God's word. No one can change, you can't change the path of the sun. That's held by God's hand. But the words of God are more powerful than any of that, and not one person on this earth can alter or change God's word. They're preserved. 
Uh, they are 100% perfect. No one can alter the words of God. They are perfectly preserved by the hand of Almighty God. As the sun comes up, nobody can change that. No one is powerful enough to change uh, the sunrise or the sunset. But let me say this, the words of God are what spoke the sun into existence, and the words of God is what keeps the sun uh, in uh, its course and its proper entirety, and it holds the words, amen? The worlds are framed by the words of God. The word of God is so much more powerful. And the devil will have us doubt in, in the word of God, but it's through the words of God that we must know. The Bible says, uh, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may know that ye have eternal life. How do we know? These things have I written unto you. Through the scriptures, we understand salvation. Through the scriptures, we gain our confidence and hope and uh, assurance who Christ is and what he has done for us and how much he loves us. It is important to believe the scriptures. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. You cannot have salvation outside of the scriptures. The Bible says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. By the words of God, we understand that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again according to the scriptures. It is the scriptures that deliver that message to our hearts. The only thing that can deliver to our hearts is by the scriptures, by way of the scriptures, the death, burial, and resurrection of Almighty God, that he died for our sins, not somebody else's, for mine. If I was the only one, he died for me. If I was the only one, I told that to somebody, and they, they said, well, I'm not the only one. I said, well, sir, I'm just trying to tell you how much Christ loves you. You're not willing to receive it. There's a wall here that you have to deal with before you approach Christ, because Christ is trying to enter in, and that door is not budging. But God says, if any man hear my voice, amen, if any woman hear my voice and will open the door, I will come in. And I will, what, to change or hurt my life? No, I will sup with him. That means drink. That means have fellowship. That means if you thirst today, if you're hurting, Christ is coming in to help you. Uh, where you're lacking, he's come to fill your needs, amen? Where you're hurting, he's come to uh, comfort. Where you need, he's there. He's come to save, to seek and to save that which was lost. You say, how, how many times are you going to preach Christ? How many times are you going to preach salvation? Till we know it. Till we know it. You say, well, I know it. Uh, we don't know it. The Bible says uh, to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge. These things pass our knowledge. We will never know how much Christ loves us. The Bible says, For God so loved the world. Doesn't that verse get old? John 3, 16. Oh, 
It's fresh every morning. It's new every day. As if I've never heard it. Just like the mercies of God. His compassions, they fail not. Great is thy faithfulness. And his mercies new every morning. Every morning I need them. Every morning they're new. For a hurting soul. For a sinner that has gone wayward. Sure, I can put a set time in my life when I turn from God, but I'm turning from God nonstop every day. If God forbid he'd take my hand off for one minute, his hand off of my life, I would be gone. Like a mouse out of a trap. Gone. Just gone. Gone away from the Lord. Gone. Gone. That's how my heart is. We do not want God in our natural state. Oh, riddled in our body, in every cell of our DNA is sin, which is against God, which doesn't want God. But God wants us. I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died, how he died. Oh, he died. The Bible says that he was as a lamb brought before the shearers. Amen. So he opened not his mouth. He was brought before them as a lamb was taken. Let's go to the book of Isaiah, chapter 53. What a beautiful passage here we find all about the Lord Jesus Christ in Isaiah 53. The Bible says in Isaiah 53, verse 10, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Yet it pleased God Almighty, the Father, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. He gave up his Son for our sins. You say, I already know this. You don't know this. I don't know this. If I knew this, my life would be a lot different. If I knew this, I would be doing more for Christ. If I knew this, I wouldn't be setting my eyes on the things of this world. If I knew this, my course would be a lot different. I don't know this. I need to hear it again. It pleased the Lord to bruise him. Why would the father give his only son? And he, it was, he was pleased to deliver his only son up as a sacrifice. He had put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. His seed is us. Our memory verse for this month. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Amen. We become the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we shall be like him one day. Amen. When we see him face to face, for then we shall see him as he is. But until that day, we live in this sinful flesh, and we need to remember and know that Christ died for us. He didn't die for a righteous man. He died for the unrighteous. 
He didn't die for the holy. He died for the unholy. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. It pleased the Lord to bruise him. He whispered down and said, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. We could never please God. In our entirety, in our utmost perfection and righteousness, the Bible says it's yet still as filthy rags. And in all of our righteous ways, we could never please God. Never once, never once in our life could we ever please God. But God was pleased through his son, and he accepted the sacrifice that his son gave for us. And through that blood, through the death, he gave his blood. The Bible says, for without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. The blood of bulls and goats only covered the sins by faith, uh, realizing that one day the Messiah, as John 4 just was read, the Messiah would come and Isaiah 53 would be fulfilled, amen, according to the scriptures, according to the scriptures, that the Lord Jesus Christ, God Almighty in the flesh, the only begotten Son of God, the Christ, would come and be delivered up as a sacrifice once and for all, for all mankind, for all sin. And that blood will be spilt. Where did you receive thy wounds in your hands and your feet, Zechariah says in the book of Zechariah. And he says, I have received them in the house of my friends. I have received these wounds. I received them in the house of my friends, the ones I've trusted, the one that betrayed me with a kiss and delivered me up. He came unto his own, but his own received him not. But he did it for us anyway. On the cross he went as a lamb brought before the shearers, the Bible says, and delivered up once and for all. Without the shedding of blood, Hebrew says, there is no remission of sins. Not one sin could ever be uh, forgiven. Not one sin could ever be taken away without the shedding of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. What could we do with the sins of our past? The Bible says in the book of Revelation that all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire, which burneth forever and ever and ever. Oh God, I'm a liar. I've told several lies. And if I've not said it out with my lips, I've said it with my heart. For I am a liar by birth. I am a liar by choice. And I'm a liar way deep in my heart. I'm a liar. And all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire, which burneth forever and ever. It is a hopeless case for all of us uh, if it were not for the death of the Lord Jesus Christ on that cross. I've lied. What can be done about that lie? Well, I'll tell the truth. No, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. It's not of works that remits the sin. Blood had to be spilt. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Let me say this, that blood equals love. When Christ spilt his blood, that showed or displayed, 
And while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You say, I already know this. You don't know it. If you knew it, then why do you struggle the way you do? If you knew it, then why do you set your things on this world? Set your eyes on this world. If you know it, then why do you doubt that Christ loves you? Because it's past our knowledge. The love of Christ surpasses all our knowledge and what we can ever know. But to know that Christ died for us is the beginning of knowing how much he loves us and who he died for. He died for sinners that are worthy of hellfire, that are worthy of eternal fire. You say, I'm not worthy of that. Yes, we are. And yes, you are. And when you understand the severity of sin and the severity of your sin, we're just used to it. But if you understand what it cost heaven and what it cost eternity and the outright sacrifice that was made for every lie I've told, for every dirty thought I've thought, for every dirty word or evil word I've spoken, for every action that I've committed against God, surely I deserve the lake of fire. But what love is this that interceded on my behalf? Peradventure, for a good man, maybe, maybe one would die. Maybe. Maybe I would die for somebody that was really good. I would give my life. But for a wicked man, I would never die for a wicked man. We would put him in prison. We would say, you deserve to be in jail. You deserve, you deserve to be locked away forever for all the people you hurt, for all the things you've done. You deserve to be in jail. And just as that wicked man deserves to be in jail, we deserve to be in hell. But Christ says, I'll pay that price. I'll die for you. I'll die for the wicked. For we're all wicked. That's how much he loves us today. Beginning to know the love of Christ is beginning to see why Christ died for your sins and why uh, you needed to be saved and to remember that you are a sinner. Uh, you were a sinner then when you got saved and you're still a sinner now and nothing's ever changed. Only the difference is the blood of Jesus Christ has saved you from your sin. We're saved. Now I'm a sinner saved by the Lord Jesus Christ. Now I'm a sinner saved by his grace. I'm a sinner saved by the blood. And by that blood, we've conquered the devil. We've conquered death. We've conquered sin through his blood. To know the blood is to begin to know the love, realizing that the sins that we commit now and the unwillingness to turn from our sin now as Christians, the Bible says, is to deny the love of God, to deny that he loves you, to, de to deny uh, the love of God in your heart, and to hate God, and to wish that you weren't saved. Oh, to turn to God with all your heart and to realize how much he loves us. His blood equals his love. 
how that Christ died for our sins. Every drop of blood that he shed on that cross was for our sin. Not for anybody else, but for mine, according to the scriptures. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians, In verse, or chapter 3, verse 19, And to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. We live empty lives today because we don't realize the love of Christ. We seek after things in this life that are contrary to God and try to be filled with all the pleasures of life because... We deny the love of God and the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge. We cannot understand how much Christ loves us. It's past us. But the Lord gives us instruction on how to begin to understand it. He says, first, I want you to forgive. Forgive all those who hurt you in your past. Forgive all those who despitefully used you. Forgive those who destroyed your life. Forgive those who hurt you in your life. Forgive them and forget as I forgave you. This is the first to understanding the love of Christ in our life. If you can't forgive them, then how can you understand how Christ has forgiven you? Forgiveness, true forgiveness. You say, well, I'll forgive, but I'll never forget. That is not forgiveness. When Christ forgave us, he remembers our sin no more. He's taken our sin and he's cast it into the depths of the sea. And as far as the east is from the west, so I have removed your sin from you. Forgetting, truly forgetting, well, I can't forgive them. You don't know what they've done to me. You'll never know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge. Because this has got a wall that's blocking it from entering in. Unforgiveness. Forgive. And you'll begin to understand as Christ hath forgiven you. Oh, to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge. Then we'll be filled. Then will our lives be complete. Oh, to forgive your spouse. Forgive your friends. Forgive those in your life right now. As Christ hath forgiven you. Oh, to forgive your debtors. You say they owe me so much. I'm gonna, I gotta take them to court. I gotta forgive them. You let it go. As God hath removed your debt from you. He gave the parable of uh, the one man owed a little bit of, and he was let go. And then uh, another one was owed much. They, they owed so much and uh, uh, because of that, uh, or he was let go. And then the one that owed little, they, they, they threw him in prison and they, they beat him. And then the master heard of what he did. He said, why did you do that? I, 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 gave you, I forgave you your large debt and you didn't forgive their small debt. 
as God forgave us all of our sin, we, we can forgive those who owe us for sure. Forgive. Nobody owes us anything. That's hard to let go. I told a story before. We had a, uh, years ago, we had a, a property and uh, this man, he owed us, he owed us some money. And uh, I said, Lord, I want to hurt him. I want to, I want to flatten his tires. I want to, this is what I want to do. I want to do all these things. And God says, you're going to forgive him. I said, okay, Lord, I'll forgive him. I ran into him uh, and then he wound up moving away and ran into him about a year later. And he said, hey, I ran into a settlement and I have all this money for you. And I said, sir, I forgave you. You don't owe me anything. And he said, no, I have the money now. I said, that's yours to keep. I forgave you a year ago. That means you don't owe me anything. No, but I have the money for you. That's not my money. You're forgiven. He put his head down. And when his head was raised back up, they were full of tears. He said, I knew you were real. I knew you were genuine. Thank you. You see, forgiveness is letting go. Forgiving. It's over. When I forgave that man, I got to move on. There was another time in business, a man outright ripped me off and I was furious. I was gonna dump concrete down his drain and all that. <laughs> you start thinking these things. Unforgiveness drives you to think evil, right? The root of, the love of money is the root of all evil. I don't love money, I just want what, I just, what, I'm, when I, what I'm entitled to. No, you're the one who's struggling right now with the money that you don't even have. Took him to court. All I had to do after that was just fill out a paper. And before I filled it out, I said, you know what? This is not me. Is it wrong with you take? No, no, it's not. But I said, Lord, I'm gonna commit him to you. Free me from this, mine adversary. I forgive him. And at that moment, I left, I walked out. I was free. Never to look back again. Never to grind and, and work hard after what I don't have. But to look at the one who has forgiven me. This is the beginning of understanding the love, forgiving those their debts. Say they owe me money. Forgive them. And maybe they'll pay you back. No. Once you forgive them, there's no more debt. It's over. And if they try to pay you again, 
What debt? You're freed. Forgiveness. Christ hath forgiven us. They hurt you. Forgive them. And when you see them again, they never hurt you before. How can this be done? How can you view somebody who has hurt you and wronged you and be able to see them? The love of God passeth knowledge. You will not understand until you begin to understand the love of Christ, which fills you. The moment you start understanding the love of Christ, that is going to take the place of greed. That is going to take the place of revenge. That is going to take the place of hatred. That is going to take the place of jealousy. That is going to take the place of emptiness. That is going to take the place of longingness. That is going to take the place of all that is weighing us down if we just understand how much Christ loves us. His blood equals his love. How much blood did he spill? Where did you get those holes from? The wounds in your hands and the wounds in your feet. I got it in the house of my friends. He went to Thomas, reach hither thy finger and put it in, reach hither thy finger and thrust it in my side. For I am flesh, he said, not spirit. Go ahead, Thomas, put it in there. No blood dripping out. After he arose, he spilled every drop, every drop of blood for every drop of sin I've ever committed. Every drop of blood is the proof of every drop of love he has for you. When God the Father looked down and saw the great misery and chaos of mankind and their sin. Our sin was great, but God's love was greater. Your sin may be great, but God's love is greater. And his blood that we don't know the power of yet, if it can wash away one of my sins, that's powerful. If it can take away two of my sins, oh, thank God. But listen, that blood, or even one drop, was powerful enough to wash away all of my sins from the past, in the present, and in the future. And for all eternity, the Bible says it's in the altar in heaven. It's not in the ground. It's in the altar in heaven. And it speaks greater things than the blood of Abel. It speaks for me peace, uh, not vengeance. It speaks to me life not death. It speaks for me. And it speaks for you. And to know the death of Christ and what he did for you on that cross, according to the scriptures, you'll be beginning to be filled with the things that passeth your knowledge. If your life you think is going nowhere and is empty, you need to revitalize yourself with the love of Christ and how deep it goes. You say, I already know it and it's done nothing for me. You don't know it because it's not entered into your heart. 
You might have it all appear, but it needs to enter by way of the scriptures deep into the heart and soul of your life and let it drive you before as jealousy drives a man and before as uh, vengeance drives a man and before as greed drives a man and before as lust drives a man and sin drives a man and temptation drives a man. Now, let the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, drive us. Let it be the driving force of your life. And the Bible says that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Is your life like that today? If it's not, let me say this. You don't know the love of Christ. You say, I heard about the death of Christ hundreds of times. No, you don't know anything about it. Until you know the love of God, which passeth knowledge. Until you know the love of Christ, which passeth all understanding. Until you know it, your life will be empty. We need to think about who we are and think about who Christ is and realize what he did for us and how he died for us according to the scriptures. Let's read it again in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. The Bible says, for I delivered unto you first, first, we need to get this down first, before we take another step, of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for whose sins? Our sins. Our sins, according to the scriptures. Romans 8 says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Is there anything that can separate us from the love of Christ? Can you separate you from the love of Christ? Can your sin separate you from the love of Christ? No. His blood broke through. There is nothing that can separate you from the love of Christ. Can your bad decisions separate you from the love of Christ? No. Can falling or failing from Christ separate you from his love? No. His blood conquered all. And his blood equals his love. Shall tribulation or distress separate us from the love of Christ? When you're being tried, are you away from his love? Shall persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword separate us from the love of Christ? No. As it is written, 
For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. This is Romans 8, verse 37. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. In ourselves, no, through Christ who loves us. The importance of abiding in Christ and just realizing that when Christ saved me, it's because I needed to be saved. And even at this very moment, and this man behind this pulpit speaking right now, I don't need him any less. In fact, I need him more. I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, that's all above us. Death is our last enemy. Life, it's hard living this life. Nor angels, those beings that are a lot more powerful than we are, amen? Nor principalities, all the government and every, all the officials, everything that's above us. There's principalities here on earth, principalities in heaven. Nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. We, we worry about tomorrow. We worry about the bills. We worry about all that. Will that stop us? Will that stop the love of Christ from coming to us? No. He spilled every drop of blood. Nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. To begin to live is to know how Christ died for us. Never let that go. That when Christ, I talk to people, let's say, I, I, I'm done, I'm, I messed up too much, it's over. It's not over. Christ saved you. When he saved you, it wasn't the time where you prayed and asked for salvation. That's when, yeah, you got saved. But when he saved you, it's for all eternity. And that means he assumed all of you and all of your problems and all of your life and all of who you really are. And he's pledged even when you discover how wicked you are, he's pledged, I will never leave you or forsake you. To know this, would we put up with somebody like us in our lives? Jesus said, if thy brother offend thee, forgive him. And if he offend thee seven times in one day and ask for forgiveness, you're to forgive him. You say, well, if he's truly sorry, he won't do it again. We've said that, right? To give excuse to get people out of our lives and to shun them. And just as we try to give excuse 
to get people out of our lives, God finds excuses to bring them in his life. And he draws all men unto himself. And he finds every, from every highway and byway, from every, under every rock and every deep home, he tries to find somebody to call and somebody that will look up to be saved. Oh, the love of Christ which passeth knowledge. We will never understand this. We can never put up with ourselves. It's hard to put up with others, but Christ puts up with all of us to know his love. To begin to know his love is to begin to be filled with the fullness of Almighty God. Do you know that Jesus died for you? Do you know he loves you? I need to hear it again. I think I forget too often. I think I need to hear it more often. I think I don't know it because I don't feel filled like I should be. Sometimes I feel too empty. Sometimes I feel like the Lord doesn't love me. Sometimes I don't feel worthy. Sometimes I don't feel like I've conquered. It means I'm looking too much at myself and not enough at the crucified one. Not enough at the one who shed his blood and his blood equals every drop of his love for you and me. Let's look to Christ this morning. I declare unto you the gospel, first of all, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Lord, we thank you for dying for us on that cross and shedding not just one drop of blood, but all of you, Lord, all of yourself was poured out, every drop of blood, and then your side was pierced, and out came the water of life that flows from the wounded side, and out pours, Lord, a river of life. I pray, if any man here, if any woman will hear, Lord, open their eyes. If any one will hear your voice, let them come and drink of the waters of the fountain of life freely. Lord, let them come and be cleansed. Let them come and be filled once again. Lord, help us to know your love, which passeth knowledge. I pray, O oh God, that the scriptures would gleam in our hearts that we may be filled with the fullness of God in our lives and not live empty any longer. Help us to begin to know how much you truly love us and to see your face through your word. In the name of Jesus, we ask and pray these things. Let's all stand. Let's ask God this morning to be filled with that fullness and to know the love of Christ. Let's all stand. If God has spoken to your heart, maybe you're here this morning and you've never experienced the love of Christ which passeth knowledge. You're not sure this morning that you are 100% saved. 100%. The blood of Jesus Christ hath cleansed you from all your sin. You're not sure of that? I would like to invite you to come down. Maybe you're here and you're not saved. You can raise your hand. Anybody like that in here? Say, Pastor, I'm not sure. 
that I'm saved. I'm not 100% sure that that blood has paid for my sin. I'm not sure. Amen. For the rest of us, you said you heard this before, but you've never heard it. I've never heard it. I need to hear it again and again and again and again. And though your sins be like scarlet, they shall be like wool. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be white as snow. Maybe you're here this morning and you have a hard time letting some things go in your past. Some people, some things you've done. To know the love of Christ, you're going to have to realize what he's done for you. And the best way to do that, he said, is to do it to somebody else. You want Christ to forgive you, you need to forgive somebody else. You want him to accept you every time, you need to accept them every time. To love your spouse. Open them with, welcome them with open arms. Love them as Christ loved you. Closing out the month of November, praise God, amen. I hope all of us, let's uh, make an effort to get closer to Christ uh, this year, amen. We have one more month. Give him more time. Give him more of yourself. Uh, and whatever's interfering with your relationship with Christ, maybe you don't know how to let, let it go, give it up, but that's where he comes in. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. You make the commitment, Lord, take it from me. I'm willing to give it up and watch what he does in your life. He'll remove it from you. And the very things you give him, he'll replace it with a blessing. Amen? I hear people saying, I want to lead somebody to the Lord before the end of the year. Amen? How many have made that pledge, that one soul... Lord, give me one soul to lead to the Lord before this year's out. Amen. Pray for that divine appointment. God will give that to you. Amen. The field is white unto harvest. Amen. Let, let the Lord grow you, mature you. Amen. I'll continue to pray for uh, Brother Chris's wife, Maria, uh, with her hip surgery. Amen. As she's recovering, she's doing very well. 
and uh, Brother Chris, praying for her and for you. Praise God for that. Justin's birthday is tomorrow, Brother Justin. Amen. Any more birthdays this month? November? No. Amen. Brother John, uh, you're going to be leaving when you, Saturday? Saturday? Okay, you're here with us for a week. Amen. Amen. Praise God. That's good. Uh, nice having you here again. You want to come up here and uh, ask? Come on. Get up here, Brother John. Close some prayer. We miss you. Let's pray. Lord God in heaven, we just, um, just want to say thank you, Lord, that you're our God and, and just the attributes that you have, Lord, you're just. Um, you're forgiving, you're loving, Lord, and, and you do so much that you don't have to do, Lord. And um, the question was never um, if you loved us. The question was, was why, Lord, because it's, it's nothing that we can offer you. Um, it's nothing that we bring to the table, Lord. Oftentimes we just want to run from you and we don't want to love you. But, Lord, your love is so great and we just want to thank you for it. We just want to thank you for what you're doing here. This church is beautiful. Um, the people that you're saving, the great work that you're doing that's honoring your name. And I just pray that you just give us protection as we go um, and help us just to think about you during the week, give time for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.